0: Welcome to The New England Take and WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, Concord, 101.9 FM, Manchester, and NHtalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jay Kirsten. Be sure to subscribe to New England, The New England Take on your favorite podcast platforms, including Apple, Google, and Spotify. And rate, if, rate our show if you're there, because it really helps us in the algorithm. Excited to be joined today by Grant Nichols. He's the Assistant Director for Homeland Security and Emergency Management at the New Hampshire Department of Safety. Welcome to the show.
1: Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, I appreciate it. I'm doing great and very happy and interested to have you on. I had this, uh, I had a buddy of mine send me this idea. It's like, so what happens if like something really, really bad happens in New Hampshire, especially in light of the um, horrible events that are happening over in Eastern Europe right now with Russia invading Ukraine? There's all sorts of, uh, I'll say it, there's been people talking about nukes getting involved in the situation, and, and people are scared and concerned, and this has has really been a concept of discussion, really. And uh, my time being an adult, that's for sure. My time being as a teenager, it wasn't really of, of of thought. I'm 35 years old, uh, well past the fall of the Soviet Union. Before I knew what was going on in the world, so it wasn't something that's was brought up. I mean, before we dive into that, the the subject of note. I mean, let's start off with what is the role of uh, Homeland Security and Emergency Management?
1: Well, you know. I think I can best describe what our role is by just telling you what what, uh, what the division's mission statement is. So the mission statement kind of says it all. Uh, we partner with uh, the whole community uh, to mitigate, prepare for, respond to, and recover from and prevent, when possible, all hazards uh, for the state of New Hampshire. Uh, and that includes you know natural and human-caused disasters. That's probably the best way to describe it.
0: I'd imagine you guys were very busy through the previous couple of years of global pandemic, for example.
1: Yeah, the last two years have been very, very busy for us. Uh, I've only been here for the last year, so um, I finally like came in at the tail end of the pandemic. But, um, yeah, this division and all of our uh, stakeholders and all of the, uh, the other divisions uh, were, were definitely, This was, was a whole of government response, whole yeah. state response.
0: So... How, the big thing that I've I've heard about is like my, my full time job's at the University of New Hampshire at the law school. So, there's a so various people that, that I've interacted with have been on a lot of the planning discussions when it comes to various sorts of things going on. Like, Professor Lucy Hodder is uh, someone who's a health expert, health policy expert, who is the first person I remember he brought up your department and what you do over there because she was involved in some of the COVID planning. And after COVID started, what the next steps planning is because no one really knew what was going to be happening with it i mean how are the plans developed that your department uses to be ready for things happening
1: well um so we we work off of one master plan if you will and that's the uh, the state emergency operations plan that uh, your your listeners and your viewers would be interested to know that you can actually get a look at that plan if you like if you go to uh nh.gov slash hsem you'll find it on the left hand side of the screen there very comprehensive covers uh, it's an all hazards plan so whenever anything kicks off in the state of new hampshire um, that's what we refer to so each one of the of our partner agencies and the other stakeholders have their own annex to that plan like transportation Um, the folks over at uh, department of health and human services uh, the energy sector they have their own response plan within the plan. I guess that's probably the best way to describe that. So the way that we uh, we come up with that is we collaborate. You know, the, the folks that work in my agency, as exceptional as they are, they're not the experts in everything. So we bring in the experts from, from the military, we bring in the experts from energy, from all these different entities, and we get together and we build a plan. It's very comprehensive, it's very interesting to read too.
0: Yeah, it's it's an important thing that probably is forgotten. People just assume, like for example, FEMA just magically does everything when they show up. It's like no, they're coordinating with other departments. They do that, not always doing the best job necessarily, but they but they but they're doing their best. It is the federal government. I've done yeah, jokes about uh, Although I will have FEMA. to say
1: that our partners in FEMA are pretty. They they respond very quickly and they're very helpful. Oh yeah,
0: definitely. They really
1: are, and they can bring big things very quickly.
0: They need to do a rebranding effort. I'm just gonna throw that out there. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, I'm done making fun of FEMA. They do. They do really impor- have been really important over all of the emergencies that have happened sure. since they since they were enacted. They. They do, I think they need to do a rebranding effort <laughs> and um, moving. Sorry, no. Continuing on with this, it's <laughs> so. So the the original reason why I had you on is, is to talk about, like, what the absolute worst case scenario that anyone can think of with what's going on with any international conflict is two nuclear armed nations being in conflict. So before we even get to the or something is in the air and going to cause a problem. I mean, if when there's a risk beginning to be assessed at a certain point, at what point does your department begin to plan accordingly?
1: So I, I just want to let you know that, that um, there seems to be a technology issue. You're, you're kind of cutting in and out. But I, I have oh, sorry. got your question, um, and I think that's uh, from the preparedness angle. So yep. I can tell you that um, – Shouldn't then kick off? We would obviously defer to our, our plans that are already in place. But there's constant conversation going on. I mean, you know, I usually get a briefing every morning around 6 a.m. of, you know, of things that are going on across the nation and across the world. It's a very real document that I read, and you know, there's links to it. Um, so um, we're in constant contact with our partners in the federal government and in the state government. Um, you know about what's happening and what what the uh, um, you know what could be coming around the corner. I mean, you know we're we're definitely at the wheel. I guess that's the best way to to, to describe it.
0: Yeah, I guess having good intelligence and having an idea of what's going on from from political standpoint and a military standpoint must be very important just to have a, a feel for how tense or how at risk things may be.
1: Yeah, it is. And, you know, ultimately my responsibility is just within the state, right? I mean, within the state of New Hampshire and then, you know, the, to the states around us as a helper, you know. So um, that's really what what I do is, you know, I assess this information and you know, the other conversations that we have um, on, you know, how does this impact, you know, people from, you know, Pittsburgh, New Hampshire down to Portsmouth. You know, I mean, I want mm-hmm. that's really where my mind is at.
0: Is there a... Do you guys have, like, a rating on how intense the situation may be? Like, I remember post-9-11, there was... We had the color-coding, like, oh, God, we're in red. We need to be very careful with regards to the chance of a terrorist attack or something to that effect. Um, is that a thing anymore? Like, is it gone? So,
1: so my understanding is that they went away from that uh, that whole color-coded thing a few years ago. I uh, So... Um, as it relates to this one particular uh, situation that we find ourselves in, um, I mean, the, your viewers and the folks that are listening to, uh, to us today, uh, they know what I know. I mean, this, the things that you see, uh, well, I may have a little more insight, but for the most part, the things that you're seeing in the media and the seriousness of what's going on there is readily a, a apparent for everyone to see. it is what it is it's it's not a it's not a good situation for anyone
0: so let let's discuss what the plan is for new hampshire say this worst case scenario does happen i mean Uh I'm. I'm assuming at first it, we we hope to have some sort of notice that thing, things have gone wrong and things are happening at that moment. I mean, before we know for sure what's happened, whether a bomb has dropped or that there's a very very serious risk that the bomb is is imminent. I mean, what's the first steps?
1: Well, the first step would be to execute our plan, which would be to stand up the the states emergency operations center and then bring our partners in um you know so we can be prepared and discuss what whatever the situation is that's presenting itself you know it's hard to predict what what that could potentially be i mean you know it could be something as serious as what we're talking about right now or it could be an earthquake or it could just be a a late winter storm or something like that we would stand up the emergency operations center um and have all of our players Ready to go on the field, so to speak. These are decision makers that come to the emergency operations center. Mm-hmm. So you know, if we need something, we need all of a sudden need housing, um, you know, for like fifteen hundred people, five thousand people, ten thousand people. We have people that we can reach out to that make those things happen. um That's just one example of one of the one of the entities that would be in the room. I, I hope now, I answered your question.
0: Oh, yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. Sorry, we're fighting that delay a little bit. So I'm trying to make sure I give you enough time to finish your your answer. I I mean, I would imagine us being close to a major metropolitan area of Boston and being on the East Coast where literally all the major metropolitan areas in this part of the country are located must have an impact with regards to what you're planning for.
1: Well, it could potentially, you know, I mean, yeah. I mean, we're on the East Coast. There's a lot of critical infrastructure in the state of New Hampshire. Um, you know, and there's a lot of things around us. you know you', you New York City and Boston, you've got you know major you know cities around us. Um, yeah, you know we have to be prepared for those things, and we and we're we're as prepared as we can be. But I can tell you that um, it really, you know, we're talking about the state's response and maybe the federal response here in the, in a major disaster um it really kind of boils down to each individual house in my opinion Mm -hmm. Uh, one of the things that we constantly talk about is you know remaining aware of what's going on making a plan for your family or for the people in your household you know building a kit you know have something with all your stuff in it ready to go in case you had to evacuate and then you know just staying informed you know so you can take action to uh to help yourself in the case of a major disaster
0: yeah that's an important thing is to to have a game plan at home and to consider like you're always taught growing up like if there's a fire in your house what what are you going to do but i mean even beyond that i mean if there's an earth earthquake if if there's some large natural disaster just, just consider with your with your partner if you're married or you're with someone or make sure that everyone knows okay we're gonna we're gonna go home and we're gonna make sure we're gonna make see what the lay of the land is at that point make sure we have extra food and such i mean you don't need right. to go full um, having a bunker and uh, big old plastic jugs of food and such that will last for years on end. Feel free to do it by all means. I'm sure you guys support that concept. But that's not necessarily what every family uh, needs to necessarily be be worried about. It's have an idea of where is where's everyone going to go if something begins to go weird. Like for us, I, I'm going to go home gonna make sure my wife and kid are with me and we're, we have a way to get ourselves out of the situation.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, making sure that you have more than a quarter tank of, you know, fuel in the car. I mean, that's a yeah. that's a big deal, you know, and then, but like you said, you know, you know, having a few days worth of food and water for each person in, in the home, you know, ready to roll in case, you know, or even if you're just sheltering in place, if you're in the house and like, you know, the water system is disrupted for some reason or the power goes out for some reason and there's no heat, you know, having the ability to take care of those things, while emergency services are out there doing their thing and trying to correct those problems, you know it, it's a little self help goes a long way I think
0: so what is i mean when when you talk nuclear disaster, radiation is one of the biggest things that that is concerned that was one of the reasons why when the original atomic bombs went off in Japan that they were so devastating is and from a long term perspective, they continued to be devastating for a very long amount of time. I mean, are, is planning for dealing with that at partially at the state level, or is that something only the federal level deals with?
1: Well, most um, well, certainly it's at the federal level, but um, uh, we have an entire section dedicated to that at Homeland Security and Emergency Management. Uh, and we, we, there's about I think there's about 14 people that we have in our agency that deal with uh, radiological emergency preparedness. Um, and, you know, I mean, we have Seabrook Station. Right? We're actually in an exercise rotation right now, exerc- exercising our plans with Seabrook uh, Station. Uh, April 6th actually is the graded mm-hmm. exercise. We've had two smaller exercises in the last couple of months. So um, these uh, these plans are very complex and there's a lot of people. Um, there's a lot of communities that, that are involved in it directly. The there's a there's a number of them in Massachusetts I think there's seven and then there's 17 towns um, in the state of New Hampshire um, that um, that are directly in that 10-mile ring if you will around Seabrook Station and then we have some other towns outside of that ring that that serves as like a potential reception center if there was ever an issue there I will say that um, in all the years that Seabrook Station has been uh, Uh, present in the state of New Hampshire. Um, There's never been an event there that's uh, been of any significance. Um, You know, nothing that's ever indicated the need to start a plan or to have any kind of a response or anything. Uh, They have an exemplary safety record.
0: What should people do to be informed in an emergency situation like this? Obviously, this goes beyond our our, uh, example of a nuclear attack. if something goes wrong, I mean, should they be listening for emergency broadcasts? Should they be listening to the radio? Should they be looking to uh, some digital communications from the state government? I mean, what are your suggestions?
1: So so absolutely. I mean, a- again, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier about staying informed. Um, so um, we have a website at Homeland. Uh, it's readynh.gov, um, and not only does it talk about what to do or give you advice for what to do in a myriad of uh, uh disaster or emergency related um situations but there is a, a, a seabrook um nuclear um nuclear radio, um section there that you mm-hmm. can it's actually i think it's on the right hand side of the page it's got a picture of seabrook station on it you can click on that and it's got all kinds of planning information and what to do you know or what to expect and what the plan is um, another interesting website that that, that people can uh, I can take a look at
0: and something to keep in mind also is very important, Ron and Bar-Cast radio radio is the emergency alert system is, is set up specifically for things like that, like if you're hearing an emergency alert, it's not some idiot DJ at the at the station just, just saying, I'm going to have a storm alert go out, no, those are coming from weather alerts setups, they're coming from the federal government a big change that happened God, a decade ago at least is the the CAP system where the federal government can send digital alerts to uh, stations to make sure that the alerts go out even if other fm or am stations go down
1: right you know those that is a a pretty important um, method of communication you know i mean when you're sitting there in your living room and you're watching something on television intently and all of a sudden here comes that test and you're just so annoyed i often think you know in the year that i've been here the couple of times i've seen it is course i'm going to know if that's going out yeah exactly you're Uh, crossing
0: your fingers like please work please work
1: right but i mean if it comes across and all of a sudden it's not the monthly test of the emergency broadcast system and now it's real information you know that would certainly get somebody's attention so when those come across at least at least give it a few minutes or give a few seconds to make sure it's just a test and not something more significant i guess that's the advice that i would throw out there
0: and i'd say modern technology with with mobile devices those new alerts that come out over there they're very effective people pay attention to those it goes everyone depends on their phone for phone call or everything to have that that noise come through the device in your pocket or sitting next to you gets your attention and i feel like emergency management and and such has done a real good job with making sure they're only used for the most urgent of circumstances which is very important like you be a little more loose with uh, a radio alert. Go on. There's a storm coming. Like if it's coming through your phone, it's it tells you it's important.
1: Right. So and that's actually I I appreciate you mentioning that because also on our website um, renh.gov uh, um, your listeners and viewers could if they chose to they could sign up for what's called New Hampshire alerts and it's just that uh, that system that you're describing right there. Um, you know that's not something that. You wouldn't be inundated with messaging. If we're sending a message out, it's because something is going on, um, and uh, you can. There's ways that you can set up like geofences fences for, you know, what area that you want to actually receive that from. But um, it, it, it's it's not going to be. We're not advertising on that thing. You know, you're not gonna, you know, learn or be asked about your car's warranty on that thing. You know, you're gonna get a real, like, hey, this is something that's happening. This is something they should turn the television on and look for. You know, if something is happening within, within this, the range of the system.
0: Grant Nichols, Assistant Director for Homeland Security and Emergency Management over at the New Hampshire Department of Safety. Thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Hey, it was absolutely my pleasure.
0: You're listening to the New England Take and WKXL. I'm your host, AJ Kierstead.